If others have made a way for me, I need to continue to do that, right? The path was created, was started before me. I'm clearing more of the path. And that's important that I don't just leave the path as it was. Welcome back to Off the Ground, the show where we bring you straight into the trenches with us to help you live your best life, channel your inner girl boss, and navigate the ever-changing landscapes of wellness and social media. Hey, guys. Hey, girl. Hi. Okay, so (laughs) our guest today is someone very special, known for the ability to stand in her dopeness as a Black woman in fashion and beauty. Julie Wilson, and the way you spell it, J-U-L-E-E, makes me want to say Julie Wilson. Julie. (laughs) Yeah, has been an editor for publications ranging from Real Simple to the Huffington Post to Essence, and most recently to Cosmopolitan, where she is currently the beauty director. We are Hearst Sisters. So since she was a little girl, Julie had her sights set on working in fashion and beauty on the editorial side, but she didn't know how to get there. Fast forward through years of internships and working her way up the ladder, she clinched her role at Cosmo at the very start of the pandemic. In fact, it was so much at the precipice, that's a funny word, precipice of quarantine craziness that she had not even visited her desk at Hearst and still hasn't, like me, and had been running a team who she had never even met in person. Not only that, but she is a busy mama who just had her second baby, oh, five months ago. So add her to her daily tasks, breastfeeding, momming her older son, who is six, and running a popular social media account with 68K plus followers. You got a busy lady here. So we can't wait to hear how she does it, as well as some magic pearls of wisdom from this fabulous force in the mom boss world welcome julie yay so before we get started i'm christine and we do a little weekly catch-up first so this is a crappy little situation we have (laughs) no pun intended um but i want to give you guys usually we just chat about some stuff that's gone on in our lives for the last week and this has been going on in my life for probably beginning of may end of april um I'll give you a quick backstory. So we don't have kids. My husband and I don't have pets, but I negotiated with him and he wanted to help this bird find its nest and have babies on our porch at the beach house. So fine. I was like, we are going to have crap all over the porch. It's going to be a mess, but I'll give you the bird nest. So he, we lose one egg, one egg cracks on the ground. Another one, he runs to the hardware store. He gets a platform. He helps the nest get more secure. I'm like, don't mess with mother nature. He continues. He's, he's nursing this baby. Finally, there's a baby morning dove. Crap is all over the porch. Fine. That's fine. Now I'm, now I'm invested because now crows are trying to attack this baby bird. And I Googled it yesterday. Wildlife was trying to help us out on the phone all day. Apparently, crows go after other baby birds and they try to feed their young. So it's, it's mother nature. It has to happen, but we've been guarding it now. Now I'm fully invested, cleaning up bird crap everywhere, trying to hope and pray this other, this new baby bird flies away soon and just like lives its life. So Megan might jump in now because I need to know how to get this crap all over all off my deck. And I know we were just chatting yesterday. She just did a segment with Ryan, Kelly and Ryan. I'm dying because she's going through her 
bird poop on the cement story. I am actually gone to my friend's house and emptied the bird cage to take the poop and smear it on cement so that I could have cement to clean and lie with Kelly and Ryan because I was doing like summer bummer outdoor hacks and teaching people how to properly clean bird poop, which what you need to do is just squirt a little dish soap, take a soft um, bristle brush, scrub it, scrub it, scrub it, cover it in sawdust to absorb all that moisture and soap, then dish pan that up because you don't want the soap and all that fecal matter to then run into your plants, into your grass. So the more environmentally friendly thing to do is to cover it in sawdust and then sweep it up and take care of business. The other thing is if you have berry stains from the bird poop, TMI, but you can take a little iodine and peroxide or a little ammonia and peroxide and put it on there to get the stains out because, you know, these are the things one does on television. So we have the Julie's face right now is priceless. Julie lives in this city. She's like, I don't have to worry this about is things. This what like happens this. when you She's leave like, New York City. What did I sign up for today? I mean, it's really intense. It's really intense. <laughs> well, no, it is really intense. And so this is Jamie. And I now live in the country. I lived in New York City for my whole life. So like somebody else cleaned up bird poop in front of my building. I don't know. It was not my problem. And now it's very much my problem. And my kid's swing set is covered in it. And so I am actually so glad that you guys had this crappy experience over the last week because I literally didn't know what to do. In fact, I was like, well, swing set's ruined. I guess you're never going outside again. Sorry. Like, I'm not touching it. Jim, no, I always took gross. wipes on the swings. Oh. You can also spray it with a little bit, like I'll put vinegar in a spritz bottle and that's a great natural disinfectant. So like, it's not exactly easy to clean poop off a swing, swing set wrong. So a little, little, um, you know, a little bit of vinegar in a disinf- in a spray bottle. You can use it as a disinfectant. You want to come over, Megs? I, I know, don't I know. It. Especially when you have kids, you don't want, like, that's a nice, a nice natural disinfectant. Mm. That's great. All right. Vinegar I'm glad it came full circle. I'm really glad that came full circle. Thank you guys for dealing with all the bird poop this week to really <laughs> give us a, a rousing weekly catch-up topic because... I'm sure that our audience really appreciates listening to crap, but you know what? I guarantee you, you just help some people with their summer bummers. So oh, just helped gosh, a no. lot of people with summer bummers. Yeah, I do, I'm getting DMs. Keeping it real. People are using my uh, cleaning techniques from the show this morning. So, you know, this is mom life. This is mom life. All right. So uh, this is Jamie. I'm going to dive into the topic. I'm going to kind of change course for a minute because I think we can all agree that this past year has been eye-opening to say the least on so many levels with regards to race in America. From much heartbreak came, hopefully, much growth and an expanded dialogue around race, culture, and equality. As we approach Juneteenth this weekend, we are again given an opportunity to reflect and speak up. And in this spirit, we wanted to invite Julie here to shine her light on us all. Julie is truly one of the strongest, most positive voices and role models for women in general, but especially for women of color. And we really love her message of real beauty how she's kind of used that to lead the charge on the editorial side of her work. Julie, you were recently quoted as saying, I acutely understand that beauty is so specific to different cultures and different backgrounds. That element of the storytelling is so exciting to me. So when we decided to actually call today's show Black Girl Magic, which is, of course, a term that has become popularized in culture, and we do love that term, we did some digging into the phrase and the movement, 
And we were delighted to see your name, Julie, front and center on the Wikipedia page explaining the phrase. That's how entrenched and formative you are in this powerful movement. I know during your tenure at Huffington Post, you described the concept as a way to celebrate the beauty, power, and resilience of Black women and to congratulate Black women on their accomplishments. And I've heard you say, Black women are magic, and I want my legacy to be that I made sure that message is spread everywhere. I celebrate everyone, all races, all skin tones, all everything. But the fact that I can come into an iconic brand like Cosmo and really sprinkle some black girl magic just makes my heart sing. It makes ours sing too, Julie. Thank you and welcome, girl. Thanks. You guys are great. You guys are a ball of fun. (laughs) I'm loving the energy already. The receipts that you guys have on me. I'm like, what? I literally had no idea I was on the Wikipedia page. I had to go and look myself. You are. You're front and center. Oh, there I am. Like, wow. Well, you do a lot of things. And it is very cool. And I see you pop up all over the place. I know you're moderating panels and contributing to things. And I just see you really doing so much in the the form of giving back. And I actually sat on that uh, panel with you recently, which is how we came to know each other. It was a, a hustle like a mom panel. And I loved how you described a kind of beauty through the lens of culture. And truly, it is so much deeper than a serum or a lipstick or an anti aging cream. Beauty is really about how we define ourselves. So how have you brought that authentic spirit to Cosmo? It's all about the storytelling. I'm a storyteller. So it's about, you know, Cosmo has been doing an amazing job of storytelling for decades. And for me, it was about coming in, looking at the scope of what they've, what stories have been told in beauty and then saying, where are the holes, right? Who haven't we spoken to? What stories haven't we told? I think a good, really shining example over the last year of that has been, um, there's actually two stories that I did that I think are really great examples for the listeners to like kind of understand is that, you know, Black women or, you know, women of color, women with textured hair, a lot of us, a majority of us have this beauty ritual of protecting our hair at night, wearing a bonnet, putting on a scarf, like there's do rags. We have, you know, hair socks. There's like a whole situation, right? The fact that that has never Really, that storytelling hasn't happened in mainstream publications. We talk about it all the time in essence, but that's because we're preaching to the choir, right? But for publications that for publications that speak to everyone, why wasn't that happening, right? There's there's a whole beauty rituals that that's happening that no one's talking about. And so I made it a point to make sure that, you know, we have that story. I went to our editor-in-chief, Jessica Pels, and I said, this is a story that we need to tell. And she was like, absolutely, go for it. And it's honestly one of the most beautiful stories. It's servicey. It's beautiful. It's like all of those things. But I'm proudest of the fact that we actually told that story that people were missing. And honestly, it's also a business opportunity. The fact that major hair care companies don't even supply that type of product is crazy. If white women were doing that with their hair every single night, it would be a million billion dollar business. So, you know, the fact that, you know, I want to shed light on those things. And it's not just in in the Black community. It's all um, cultures. But as a Black woman, 
obviously I want to, you know, make sure that the things that are closest to my heart, we, we're, making, we're making sure that we're telling those stories right away. This is Christine. I know you from being a, a former fashion beauty editor myself, and I love the Make My Shade movement. And I think it's so important um, for the mainstream beauty brands to create for everybody. So can you tell us a little bit about that, too? Yeah, I mean, it's it's about everyone being able to see themselves, to be exp- to experience products, um, you know, feel beautiful and I always say it's altruistic to do that, to like make people feel good, make people feel seen, make people feel celebrated. But at the end of the day, it's also good business. I've consulted with a lot of brands and I literally will go into the room and say, you don't like making money. I didn't go to Wharton. I don't have an MBA, but I know for a fact from looking at your product range, you don't like making money because black women over index in spending. We spend more money than anyone. So if you don't have products that work for us, that speak to us, what are you doing? I don't understand. Like, do you not want to get this money that I'm trying to throw at you? <laughs> so it's, it's, it's crazy, you know? Even like, I always use hair because our hair is such... I think it is, I mean, our skin tones, the, the, the countless shades of skin tones is one thing. But our hair is also this this our crowns and like an interesting reflection and um, extension of our, our magic and our light. But like my hair, you see my hair in different, like my hair right now, this is, I call this like a lazy girl. I love blowout. it. I have a <laughs> whole arsenal of products for this hairstyle. Then when my hair is in braids, I have a whole nother arsenal of, of products. When my hair is like super straight, like Naomi Campbell straight, whole nother arsenal. When I do a twist out, I mean, it's insane how much product that we have because our hair is so diverse, our skin is so diverse. And if you're not creating products for that, then I, I don't know. It just boggles my mind. Like I'm getting anxiety thinking about all those products. That's so many different hairstyles that require a whole different arsenal. And who gets it right? Like who, what are some brands that you like are like, high five, you're getting it right? I mean, most of the brands that are getting it right are, you know, BIPOC-owned brands because their owners, their founders have hair like this, have have melanated skin tones. But if you want to talk about, I guess, you know, more mainstream um, companies, I loved um, the launch. This is probably like five or six years ago now, but of Pantene's Gold Series. Super smart, super, like they spent what, like, 15 years developing this and had like 10 scientists of color. So it wasn't just a, Oh, black people need something for their hair. Let's get our like all white scientists to like come up with something and then just put some black folk in the commercials and the ads. Like they were very thoughtful about it and was like, no, we need scientists that reflect the community that we're making this for. Right. So they're doing the right thing. You know, PNG, I think, has the right like ethos, you know, like their, their um, Royal oils collection, which is an extension of their, you know, head and shoulders, I think was really smart too, because I even consulted with them and they were like, okay, so we have this line for dandruff for, for textured hair. And I was like, well, you know, you can't really like, we get it. That is for dandruff um, people of color with dandruff, with dandruff. Right. But like in the black community, we don't really, use the word dandruff like that 
Like, we think that's, that's like a white person affliction. Like, y'all have dandruff. We have dry, flaky scalp. And even though a dermatologist will tell us, Gnosis, that's dandruff. It's just not a word that we like associate with. We're like, no, 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 no. Like, I get it. It's just like built up product or my, my scalp is dry. And it's like, okay, but it's dandruff. But like, just don't say that. Like, like you got to circumvent the situation. There's just ways. And that goes back to what you were asking about like cultures and like, there's just different ways in which we intersect with beauty and you have to meet that community in that place. So. Oh, I was a former Cosmo editor too. So I have like that Cosmo thing with you, but I also, I'm really proud of something that we did in Women's Day because we like to do, we like to show, not tell. Like we're just going to show as much diversity and celebrate life in as many ways as possible. And one of our beauty stories was a Muslim woman. And we talked about how she cares um, for her hair and the different oils she used in her headscarf. And it was something I was, I was proud of. Are there other other underserved areas of the population. I'll even say Dove is doing something really fabulous right now where they show kids with disabilities on the packaging. To me, it's like, how can we open the conversation to everybody is seeing themselves in beauty? Everyone. I have a special needs brother, so I'm sensitive to that as well. Did you see the new Dove, the kids in the wheelchairs on the, on the bath soap? I thought it was so wonderful. It's like, it's amazing. I have it. It's so good. Isn't it so good? It's so smart. That's why, like, you have, there has to be diversity within your diversity, right? Exactly. Like, That's like, what it can't at. be, it can't be just like a white and black situation. It's like everything. Also, size inclusion yep. beyond fashion. Mm-hmm. I'm a size 16 girl. I have a round face, big boobs, all of the things. I want to see a girl who's my size and larger putting a $200 serum on their face. Why does it always have to be like some skinny face? Like, I don't want, I don't even desire to have that face. I want my full round face smearing La Mer on it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like give me a big girl okay, putting La Mer on no her face. But there's no budget for a photo shoot. Go. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's like, like Ari. Remember back in the day, Ari Real did that with all. I mean, this is now old now, but they started that. They, no retouching, no skinny models. They were almost. My sister worked for them, and they were not allowed to use a model under a certain size because they just said, "We're going to do this with real people." Period. Yeah. Again, an opportunity for money too that like people mm-hmm. don't understand in fashion, especially I'm like, yeah. I'm an upwardly mobile, like working a fabulous chick. If I do say so myself, I'm a size 16. I can't go into a normal store and buy a dress for a size. Six. Yeah. I want to give you my money. And what that's saying, what they're saying to us is that you don't deserve that $800 dress Mm-hmm. until you're this size or smaller. And I deserve that dress now more than any one, you know, more than any time. Like I should be able to wear that dress. And if I have the money, why can't you give it to me? If most people are over a size 14, then what are you doing? You're either saying to me one, like I said, I'm not worthy, or you just don't want a person of a certain size rocking your stuff. So yeah. it's just crazy. Again, not good business sense. Definitely not good business sense, but I love how much you've now used the word 
inclusivity and also servicey you talked about in the article after our first question. And it's making it now with all of your 800 hats and more make a little more sense how you find time because you obviously make make the time to do mentorships. We've read a lot about how you mentor young women and you recently moderated a panel called Black Beauty Matters, right? So, which was amazing. And we thought it was so incredible that you find time to get back to younger people coming up in the industry. And so two questions, how important is it to you to get back and mentor? And was there someone who was that person for you, a great mentor that sticks out, who was very memorable for you, or are you just paving a new road like all the rest of your life? <laughs> um. Okay. So the answer to your first question is because I knew what I would wanted when I was younger, you know, like I know that like if others have made a way for me, I need to continue to do that. Right. The path was created, was started, was started before me. I'm clearing more of the path. And that's important that I don't just leave the path as it was. I have to make sure. And I've mentored people of all different races. It's important to me that like, if I have this seat at the table, I need to make sure I'm coming back and pulling others along with me. Um, And it's just like good karma. Again, like it's just feel good. Like you shouldn't just do it because like, oh, let me check this box. Let me mentor some people. Like it makes me feel good. Like, you know, I've been given so much. I have to give back as well. And which brings me to your second question, which is, have I been mentored? And absolutely. There have definitely been women, especially black women in the industry who have really championed me. Um, You know, Adrienne Ingram, who's in um, book publishing. I lived with her. She said, come live with me. I, I didn't have a job. I had an internship that was paying me $7 an hour. And I graduated college and I was like, I can't, I got, I had an internship at parenting magazine and she was like, come and live with me. You don't have to pay me rent. Just be here, do the internship so that when you get your full-time job, then you can like spread your wings and fly and find your own apartment. So Adrian Ingram will forever be close to my heart. Um, Jackie Monk, who is now the managing editor at the Washington Post magazine, but she was at Real Simple with me. And then she brought me over to Essence. Um, And Michaela Angela Davis. I mean, the list goes on. These are all just like, badass women and black women at that in the industry who saw in myself what I really couldn't see and, and constantly remind me even to this day, like sometimes I call them and I'm like, I actually have no idea what I'm fucking doing and I'm going to like lose it because I just feel like as, as fabulous as my job is and all this stuff, I'm just like, am I doing the right thing? Am I even worthy of this job? And they always like bring me back to reality and tell me who I am. This is Jamie. I love that so much. I'm like huge on mentorship. And I think that I hate to like crap on millennials and I feel like everyone crops on millennials, but I'm going to crop on millennials for a minute. I just feel like 
Yeah, and Gen Z. I feel like there's so much of like everybody just wanting to kind of have everything on a platter. And I know that's like kind of like a little bit of a generalization, but I came up and I think a lot of us on this Zoom are around the same age-ish. And we came up in a time where you worked your way up, especially in like editorial and publishing and fashion and all of these industries where you really look to mentorships and internships and you made $7 an hour, but you were getting paid in a different kind of currency and you were learning. And then we kind of, as women, as we step into our womanhood, we turn around and we give that back. And I think there's such a, I hear a lot of complaining these days about, you know, I didn't get paid enough for my internship. You're, Bitch, you interned at Vogue. Shut up. You weren't supposed to get paid for internships right, back right. in the day. So I think it's no, an Do you remember back in the Not. day? Like, yeah. Do you remember back in the day? I remember internships were defined day, as unpaid on back then. <laughs> being yeah. on my hands and knees with a box, like boxes and boxes. And I was the fashion director. And I remember interns coming in saying, I'm going to go catch my train or I'm going to get a cup of coffee. And I was like, something is not right here. How am I doing all the work? And I'm the director. And the girls are just like, I got to go. It's just a different, it's different. (laughs) It's a a different world. It surely is. I mean, like, sometimes I'm like, I've never been, I mean, there's people who are like 10, 15 years younger than me who have been editor in chiefs (laughs) who are beauty directors. It took me, I had to get, I had, I was, I, I thought I was young. Like when they made me a director, I was like, I was 34 years old and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a director. Like, can I handle this? There's 25 year olds now that are beauty directors. And I'm like, look, good, good for you. If that's the way the industry is rolling, take your, you know, take the opportunities as you get them. But at the same time, I'm like, I wouldn't be as badass of a director as I am right now at 25. So, so I don't know, like, not like you get what you pay for. You shouldn't give these people these opportunities, but there is something to say about really working hard. I, I really appreciate where I am right now in life because I work so hard to get it. Do I think like, wow, what am I doing? Am I aging myself out of this game quicker? I'm still in my thirties and I'm like, am I going to be obsolete like next year, but I, I think just all creatives have a little bit of that imposter syndrome. You know, it's just one of those things like we're, we're hustling harder and people are coming up and you got to balance it. I want to know a little bit about like work from home mom life. Cause we've both been running magazines and working on magazines remotely. What does that look like for you? How are you managing? I mean, you have babies, yeah. I mean, my son, thank God, is in school. So his school is open. They're really great. Um, they test him twice a week. They test all the kids and the staff twice a week. So shout out to Bank Street because they know what they're doing. And then my um, my baby, my little bubba, 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 is with our cousin who's, um, you know, she's here watching him. So, you know, I'm always like locked into the bedroom here and they're out there a lot of the times or right now they're out taking a walk. But it's been nice. The silver lining is that like I can breastfeed him, you know, between meetings, that sort of thing. We're going to be getting back to the office in the, in the fall. So that won't be a situation. But the silver lining of COVID is that I've been able to be home. I have been very open about struggling with miscarriages. And I think it was that 
huge commute I was doing with Essence. I think it was being stressed out about work and the fact that last year I was able to be home, be safe, not be traveling, allowed my body to be like, okay, now I think we can see you through to the finish line. And it was nice too, because I was able to, I hate to say hide my pregnancy, but like, you can't see my, my belly right now. Like I was literally, uh, like little over six months pregnant before I told work. And so it was nice because I was able to do my job, the job that they hired me to do without it being like, Oh, we just hired her. She got pregnant. Like, let's not have her on this project or like, let's not worry her with this. I was like, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to knock this out of the park. And then I'm going to be like, Oh, actually look at my belly. Like I've been doing all of this and cooking a whole entire human. That's so amazing. But also how sad is that too, that you had to actually have that thought. Like you had a hot, you know what I mean? Like thinking maybe it would give you more of a benefit by not saying anything until that you proved yourself, which It's awesome that you did that, but can you believe we even have to say these things? (laughs) I hate that I have to think that way, but Mm -hmm. especially being at Cosmo, I shouldn't. I mean, my editor-in-chief cried when I told her, cried tears of joy. Like, she was so happy. Like, everyone was happy for me. I mean, Cosmo is like- It's just in our head, though. It's just there. powerful women. But I was just like, oh my God, I've been working for a month here, and I got pregnant. We weren't even trying, but- you know how these quarantine nights. Amen. <laughs> I have different plans for you. One of these quarantine yeah. nights, it was just, it was just hitting. It was on. Different. There's a lot of babies the same age as your baby. <laughs> That's true too. No, I love that um, Julie and I were on that panel the other day and she was like, I'm going to give it to you guys real. I'm not wearing any pants. She's like, I mean, oh, yeah. when it came down to it, it was like, I can get my face together. I have at, pants on today. Thank you for that. <laughs> I, they don't match my outfit. Yeah, I, I'm wearing a very fancy shirt and literally like boxers. So there's that. MTV but, um, sweats. <laughs> yeah, but look at where we're at, right? Like, my yoga clothes. <laughs> I figured out how to make this all work. So speaking of silver linings, I just want to bring it back to kind of like serious for one minute, because I think that there are a lot of silver linings that have come out of just the enormity, the enormity of race relations over the past year and what so many people have learn by taking a deeper dive within. So I wanted to ask you about, you know, I've been reading about the 15% challenge, you know, which is the the campaign aimed to kind of challenge brands to dedicate 15% of their shelf space to black owned companies. And I just want to get your opinion on like performative activism versus like, how are brands putting their money where their mouth is? And are they doing it more often than not? Or are a lot of them just kind of like, talking the talk and not walking the walk. Look, I think we're all on high alert for that now. I think it's more than ever. We have our magnifying glasses out and they're like, what are y'all doing? Is this real? Are you keeping your foot on the pedal? Was it just, you know, for the past six months and now you're starting to let your foot off? Um, The 15% challenge I think is really smart. Pull up or shut up the chair and shooter from Oma beauty. I mean, I think all of that is really great. I mean, 15% 15% challenge, not, I mean, there's people who've signed on, but not a lot. I mean, Sephora has, and, you know, Macy's has, and Blue Mercury has, and like Bloomingdale's have, but like, for the most part, there's so many more companies that can. Um, I think that, you know, 
performative activism is alive and well. But again, we just have to like keep watching. It, I, I don't think it's enough to say, well, you're not doing it. Like you did it last week and you're not doing it this week. Look, you, I, I, I don't want people just like putting up a whole bunch of black models and like marketing, you know, and going so hard, like pace yourself, have it be not only, you know, a part of your outward storytelling, but again, the pull up or shut up is we're going to look behind the curtain too. So like, we see the we see the marketing that's cute we see this the the um the shade ranges getting you know wider and larger but who's on your executive board who's you know who's you know um managing x y and z who's on your product development who are the scientists that is going to be the real marker of the companies that have got it right and are going to be successful in the future because the world is browning. Mm-hmm. And if you, if, if you're, if this wasn't a wake up call to get it together and to keep moving towards a more diverse and inclusive future, you will get laughed behind and you will be penniless period. Preach. <laughs> preach. I love it. And mic drop. Yeah, absolutely. And having women like you at, you know, just kind of at the helm of, of leading these conversations is so wonderful because the way that you explain so many of these things, like it makes, obviously it makes ethical and cultural sense, but it makes business sense to business owners and it shouldn't be performative. It should be in their core DNA because, when we talk about equality, we're talking about equality, you know, across culture, across consumerism. So it just makes sense. Um, yeah. I wanted to, I know that Heidi, you had a question also. I just like, I, I'm going to like turn the corner for a second. I just think like we have the one and only Julie Wilson on the line. Like, can we just get some of your like hot beauty tips for a minute? Can we just be girls for a minute? Because I know that you always sure. know what's at the cutting edge. And Heidi, I know you had, you were like. That was half of my question, Jane. Yeah. Like you, I, I know you have yeah. some questions specific to like natural products as well. Yeah. Julie, I'm like the green non-toxic girl. So <laughs> I want to hear inclusive in your list of best of some non-toxic, please. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm a huge like oil, like girl, oils and bombs. I cannot get enough. Like it's ridiculous. Like my collection. So I've been loving like some like really small indie brands. Like, have you heard of Monastery? It is. Can you tell those of us who don't know about it what Mm -hmm. it is? Okay, so it's just this company that makes these beautiful products, everything from bombs to oil cleansing to um, body oils. Like, it's just like lots of oils and greasy and like just luxurious moments, all made from like natural um, and natural oils and botanicals. I and will so, be Googling and buying right after the show. Thank uh, you. <laughs> I mean, and the packaging is like stunning. I actually have some here. I don't want this to become a commercial. Like, <laughs> they don't they don't pay me at all, but because this is my office, I have like a whole beauty counter over here. But like, aren't these like beautiful? Mm. They, they are, are beautiful. I'm I'm a sucker for packaging, but this is the oil serum. They have a hyaluronic moisture boost. Like it's a lot. So it's beautiful. There's also a company called Beneath Your Mask, which you should you should look up. Beautiful, beautiful products, black owned, um, all natural. Um, the owner, Dana, was having issues. She has like an autoimmune s- situation and she wanted beauty products that she could use. And um, they're 
amazing. She has this like whipped shea butter that is just like to die for. And she has this beautiful like oil for your face and your hair. Mm. Um, so it's like really great for like healthy scalp um, and your body. And um, who else? Folk Beauty is amazing. P-H-O-L-K. They're amazing. They're her whole her whole jam is that she uses a lot of the recipes and botanicals and ingredients from the African diaspora. So all of like those like things that have been passed down, like um, formulations and mm-hmm. you, you know that sort of thing. She is now brought to us in just beautiful packaging again. <laughs> yes, so. So good. I love all of that. But like, I'm a big Credo fan. So I'm always looking on Credo for all of that. I mean, I'm sure if you're a green, clean girl, that's like your go to. Totally. But I'm always looking on their website to see if there's any new brands that I need to know about. Have you gotten into their, their foundation, the EXA? No. So they have a whole clean foundation, which I think is kind of like the new frontier foundations that are going to be coming down the line um, that, you know, that's a th- one of the closest things we put to our skin. I mean, makeup, we want to look good. We want the, you know, the blemishes. So like clean foundations and concealers, I think are going to be next. But um, Credo, I has buy its those own- from Credo, but not EXA. So, yeah, nice. no. So it's Credo's like home like it's their brand and it's exa love it thank you priceless information how many steps is your skincare routine okay when i'm it it literally depends on my mood that's why i like gave you a pregnant pause like (laughs) If I'm like just in a rush, obviously like three or four steps. It's like, I just got to do something to make sure that I like continue on with my regimen. So my skin doesn't get messed up. Then if I'm feeling like I have a little bit more time, the baby's gone down. My husband has the six-year-old like occupied, then it changes into like five or six. And then when I have a lot of time or I'm feeling extra emo and depressed or have anxiety, which is real. I mean, if Naomi Osaka has told us anything like mm-hmm. mental health stuff is real, like then I will really like lock myself in the bathroom and do like 10 steps. I'll, That's like, what I break out joy the, for you. I, yes. I break out the gadgets. I'm doing the LED masks. I'm doing all of the things because one, it gets my mind off of whatever's bring, get, causing me anxiety and it's just such an amazing um, act of self-care that's just like, just calm down, Julie, just pour into yourself, do this double mask, triple mask. Even if I break out the next day because I did the absolute most, the absolute most, I will at least have gotten myself out of that like mental slump. I feel like you should hang out with my 10 year old because she, uh-huh. she has the beauty, like beauty stuff stresses me out. All she wants to do is 900 masks, 900 TikToks about doing 900 masks, rolling things. And t- <laughs> it's like, There's I just so don't have many that. Things. It does work though. It's like, even just to help de-stress. I mean, I don't do it as like, often. I'm just going to go either. for a run and use some Cetaphil. We're good. <laughs> I, see, that's how I am, oh, Megan. Nice. I'm like that's- the worst. I like literally my skin. Get, when you were like, oh my, if I just need to do a quickie, it's three or four steps. I'm like, that's long. <laughs> so I'm the worst. I'm like, I wash my face. So that's about it. So I'm always like learning. I'm just, I'm completely enthralled with people who have like a 13 step skincare routine. I think it's amazing. I think it's so, when your editors not too, like, 
And yeah, and you, you get all the things. So like literally my cabinet, I sometimes get overwhelmed because I'm like, oh gosh, I want to stick to something for like at least a month, but I got all these things I want to try. So it's like, ooh, maybe I'll dip into that or maybe I'll try this oil. My tiny four-story walk-up apartment in Harlem, which I've lived in for 16 years, has become like a Sephora warehouse. <laughs> like it is ridiculous. My husband and we live, we don't have a doorman, like I said, Every time a package comes, oh, I, I have to go down four flights of stairs and come back up four flights of stairs. So it was crazy. And he was doing most of it when I was pregnant. And he was like, what is going on? And I was like, this is my job, one. And two, <laughs> you usually don't see it because it goes to the office and it goes into the beauty closet. He's like, where are we going to keep all of this? How many shampoos do you need? And I was like, it's not about needing. I, have, I this is my- think like... I don't think Stop. people listening realize the extent. Like I'm oh, just, I'm an editor in chief, not a beauty director. But like Dove sent me a smoothie to go with the <laughs> lotion today, and I'm like, I want to drink that smoothie. But like, like there's all this funny stuff that comes with the makeup. You're like mm-hmm. cookies with nail polish on it because it's nail polish. Oh, I'm yeah. like, okay. Oh my god, my son loves that. Everyone who will take it. I'm like, here. <laughs> when the cookies come, my six year old son is so excited. I think one time, like. Uh, a literally a cotton candy maker came <gasps> and so he was like you have the best job in the world <laughs> I know, you know what we got the other day uh lipton sent us a whole karaoke set oh my. it was the coolest thing and my son like freaked out but it is so funny. now that you have a house it's cool shame <laughs> now yeah. that i have a house i'm okay but when <laughs> i'm not in new york city apartment <laughs> I lived in New York city for my entire life and we used to keep our, we had like a second bathroom. When we first mm-hmm. moved into the apartment, we're like, this place is palatial. Then we had two kids and I'm like, are you kidding me? This place <laughs> is teeny. Our whole second bathroom, the entire shower was just stacked full of like inventory. It was a warehouse. It was so bad that we finally got a storage unit just to hold the stuff that would mm-hmm. come because it just couldn't be in our apartment anymore. And it sounds like, it sounds crazy. It sounds good, but it kind of also like is blatant consumerism. It makes you feel mm. a little bad. You don't know what to do. Oh, about it's it. like, a lot. Saying, you don't, you don't do you know how it? many boxes I break down and have <sighs> to bring down. My landlords are like, what is, what are you running up there? Like right. some type of like, like, <laughs> like, what are you doing? Or like, to your point, some things that are sent, it's just like, it doesn't make yeah. sense. Right. Yeah. Like the- I was sent like floaties the other like um pool oh. lounge things i'm like right where's the pool right where's the pool <laughs> i i don't know where exactly i'm going to are you gifting this, me the pool but... to go with the floaties because that would be cool i don't know right. donate a lot of it to homeless shelters like yeah. i make kits because that's some of the like yeah. socks and toiletries and deodorants and those kind of things mm-hmm. are really really in women's shelters especially like you know a lot of them don't so i'm always making kits um meg kind of i do that it. too but there's so some t- i know especially in new york city i'm not sure about new jersey but in new york city there's a lot of restrictions yeah on what you can donate not in new jersey. so it's always you <laughs> yeah. can't give a lot I of the stuff that lot. you get i donate a lot and then when i get together with my girlfriend yeah. i bring big bags mm-hmm. or when anyone comes to yes. visit us which obviously wasn't a lot because of covid but now that things are kind of you know coming but before covid and now like when people come over i'm like Mm -hmm. so what do you need a mascara i mean do you want a volumizing do you want lengthening do you want a colored mascara i'm like i'm like 
Yeah. I'm your pusher. I'm like, what do you mean? Your beauty. Isn't that the best feeling when someone comes and they take stuff off your hands? I have bags that I make that when people do come nearby or anywhere close to my house, I'm like, you guys need some stuff. I'm like, go (laughs) to the bag. And they're so great. I love it. I love it. It gives me such joy. And then when I'm telling them about it, I'm like, oh, and this has jojoba oil in it, which will actually blah, blah, blah. And do you know that this retails for $450? (laughs) Take it. Go. They're like, what? And I'm like, yep. You're welcome. It's so funny. And people do give you weird things. Olay once sent me cookies that were my face. I was like, thanks. Yes, me too. (laughs) I got a puzzle. I have a puzzle of me and I gave it to my mom. The only person that would want a puzzle of me is my mother. So I'm like, wow, I have a puzzle you could put together. And it's a picture of me. I have socks with my face on it. I've got like a lot of crazy, weird shit. Oh, this should be like a whole show, guys. Now that this is like a funny, we should, we actually. And then we can donate. Yeah, like when we do like the, I'm about to ask you the lightning round questions, Julie, so get ready. But I think going forward, maybe we should start asking people what the weirdest thing they ever got as like an influencer or a brand gift was. Because I bet you we could get some doozies from our guests. (laughs) Totally. People get some funny stuff. Okay. On that note, I'm going to transition us into our lightning round because I have three questions we ask all of our guests. And I would like to ask you, Miss Julie Wilson, are you ready? Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Question number one, morning or evening workout? Morning. You're like, I have two kids, bitch. I don't know. Like, (laughs) I don't know. I go up and down. I mean, honestly, I'm going to be like, work out. Who does (laughs) that? Um, But if I had to (laughs) choose, but if I had to choose, it would be morning. I'd have to do it and get get on with the day. Like it has yeah. to be out of the way. I don't want to be thinking about it later. Like I got no do this double beauty. shower beauty regimen, right? You don't want to have to like once you sweat, you shower. This you're is not what gonna, I'm like, saying. And I but I'm going to get shower. some tips from you about getting back into working out and stuff because I really didn't do it after the first one. But I also was like, who's getting snatched twice? <laughs> We're doing this once, yeah. right? Like how many kids are we having? Right. Then we were like, okay, we want to, after the second one, we're getting snatched because after the, I'm not getting snatched twice. We're doing this one time. Amen. Well, when we, as we are starting to get you all back in the groove of things, what would be, or is, or has been your favorite workout? That's question number two. Um, I'm a dancer. I love to dance. Oh yeah. I saw that on Instagram. Anything to do, I'm, I'm classically trained in ballet and like all of that, but I just twerking, I like to twerk, yes. I like to pirouette, like I like all of the, anything dancing, because also you forget that you're working out. Mm-hmm. But I was, I was a division one scholarship track and field athlete. So I'm also yeah. a runner. Yeah, but I, I was a long jumper and a sprinter. That's nice. So I run really fast and stop. <laughs> we're and not then, like and then go over things right? and then like jump into a pile of sand like there's no like <sighs> we're gonna run for an hour like that just my mind doesn't my body doesn't work that way well I love uh, there was a dancing video of you with your with your littles uh the baby was in the carrier and oh my god it yeah. just made my heart happy everybody should go to your Instagram like to and dance. check out that video my third question is coffee tea or matcha tea Okay, I'm good. We usually get coffee. I will take tea. I too am a tea Especially girl. from moms. I feel yeah. like coffee is usually the mom answer. I'll only The only type of coffee I really drink is like an iced latte. So it is kind of coffee-ish. Like, 
you have it in there, but it's mostly milk and it's like sweet. And it's like, it's like a milkshake. It's that a milkshake. Like coffee. <laughs> Her milkshake brings so, all the boys to the yard. I don't think that really counts as me being like a serious <laughs> coffee drinker, but I do love tea. Like tea is my jam. I hear that. Love it. All right, Julie. So our very last segment is called Carmichael. <laughs> Megan says it's so awesome. So I make her say it every time, but I'm the yogi. So I will explain that karma is the Sanskrit word for action. So we ask all of our amazing guests, what is one actionable item that our listeners could do for a short amount of time? That's a small action, but big result. Could be drinking water every day. Okay. So I have two. One is I honestly, I overuse the word dope, but it just really just is ingrained and like etched onto my heart because it just encapsulates so much power and feeling. But I like to tell myself every morning in the mirror, like you are dope. And like, I think that that really sets like an intention and like reminds me who the fuck I am so that I can just go on with my day. Right. I feel like that's the I clip might for be, the show, guys. I, I love it. This room sets like, now by, I'm taking notes, 2.55 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I might have to say it to myself a few times throughout the day, but I try to like, when I'm brushing my teeth in the morning, washing my face, I just like whisper it to me. I literally say it out loud. I'm like, you're dope. And then the other thing is, since we're all on our phones all the time, you know, we're, I'm not beyond, even though I have such a blessed life, I'm not beyond scrolling and feeling like comparing myself Mm -hmm. or feeling inferior to folks or whatever. And I really am trying to be more intentional about making sure my social media reflects like the vibration that I want it to have. And so, look, I'm not about like, go on an unfollowing spree, right? But I do think that that some people can trigger certain feelings in you. And if they aren't positive and they aren't inspiring you and not making you feel less than, then I suggest muting. You can mute people without unfollowing them. I do that a lot. I I love it. (laughs) I think that is a polite way of saying, I still love you and you're still like in my world, but it's a mental health thing, right? I think social media can really do damage on our mental health. And so I'm an advocate of being like, I have to curate while I'm scrolling so that I can feel the best about myself and focus on my goals and not have like start this pity party. Like I'm not doing that. I don't have a house. They have a pool. I could put my floaty in. I don't have the pool. (laughs) Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like, sometimes it's like, it's not even about hating or being jealous. It's just about making their blessing, which I'm all about celebrating other people's blessings. I'm like, have the house, do the things, get the car, buy the shoes, sis, buy two pairs of the shoes. But if that ever makes you feel that you're less than or your blessings aren't as good, then mute it for a second, mute it for a while, because the last thing you want to do is not be grateful for what you have. A freaking man. Unbelievable way to end. We loved having you today. Thank you so much, Julie. And thank you to everyone for tuning in at home. We love to hear from you. Don't forget to reach out to us on the gram at Off The Gram Podcast and give us a follow over there. And don't forget to subscribe to the show anywhere podcasts can be consumed. We will see you next time. Yay. Yay. (laughs) Thank Thank you guys so much.